Welcome to Canucks After Dark. Here are your hosts, Parker Hallowell and Clay Emo. Good evening, Vancouver, and welcome back to Canucks After Dark here on Monday, May the 10th, episode 5 of our show. We've made it over a month, coming fresh off of a win over the Winnipeg Jets. And as always, we're coming to you live here on YouTube and on demand on your favorite podcast platform, broadcasting all the way to New Zealand. I see a Sweden in the chat already. Let's go. And of course, I get to introduce my co-host. Now, I didn't come prepared for this one, but I will say he's got a fresh haircut. My friend, Kanak Klaimo. These nice introductions for me, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you Niels Hoglander of Canucks Podcasting, and I mean that with complete respect. A two-goal game, which I know we're going to get to. Up-and-comer, everyone loves the promise and potential of this guy. That's kind of like you in the Canucks vlogosphere. Well, that is, uh, that's one of the highest compliments I can receive. Niels Hoglander, the number one five-on-five Canuck uh, point-getter this year. Um, the first Canuck to be ahead of Jason Spezza of the Toronto wow. Maple Leafs. Did not know that. And yes, thank you for mentioning the haircut. I hope uh, it's to your satisfaction. I know how much of a hair critic that you are. That is yeah, not I, true. <laughs> and sorry to leave you hanging. I, I usually, I know you. we like to meet about 50 minutes before. I kind of logged on about five minutes ago because, uh, yeah, I just got a little busier than I thought. But it's all good. I look good. You look good. We sound great. And uh, I'm ready to go. Absolutely. So we got a bunch of topics tonight. Uh, and of course... Uh, you guys in the YouTube chat, we see you as always, so you, uh, feel free to to chat amongst yourselves. We'll be reading them as we go a little bit here, uh, and we might have, have to ask for some topics later on. We have quite a few listed up here, but think of some now uh, just in case we need your help later on. But our topics for tonight, we're going to talk about the game that just happened, Canucks and Jets. We won't spend a ton of time on it because... In the grand scheme of things, not the most important game. Uh, we'll talk about the AHL team moving to Abbotsford. We'll talk about Grocery Gate. What a fun saga that was. Uh, we'll talk about some uh, uh, about Tyler Mott getting nominated for the, the Bill Masterson Memorial Trophy. Uh, we got some rookies coming through. Gadjevich, Lockwood, Rathbow, and all these guys. And uh, maybe a little bit of Jack Eichel talk later on. But other than that, that's uh, we got a big show. Lots of stuff to talk about here in basically the last week of the NHL regular season, except for the North Division, uh, as the playoffs are starting up next Saturday. Now, how are the playoffs? Uh, actually, before we get that, do you want to tell everyone where they can find us, all that feedback sure. stuff, and then we can get into this? Yeah. Sure, of course. Yeah. So if you guys are new here... Uh, Hit subscribe, hit like, do all that good stuff. Uh, if you're watching here on the YouTube chat live, this is the way to do it. But we know a lot of you guys do come in after the fact and watch the, the recorded version. So uh, we are appreciative of you guys well. And if you guys want to, uh, you can also find this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever podcast platform you listen to, you can find us there. And of course, leave us a five-star review and we'll read it out on the show. And we got one that we'll, uh, we'll read out later uh, okay. to sort of get that second plug in. I like that. I like that. So you mentioned, and I saw this in your vlog too, after the game, it's weird. The playoffs are starting on Saturday. I think it's Boston and Washington. And yet we'll still have two, if not three more games to play. Yeah. Yeah. The Canucks will still have three games to play. So they moved the Canucks game on Saturday to, I think, 1.30. Uh, so, right. we'll, so it will end in time for that first, <laughs> that first playoff game. And I mean, it kind of, it kind of makes sense. Uh, because you know, everyone else is just going to be sitting there waiting for a while. And I'm sure they want to get it started on a Saturday and they want it to be done yeah. as soon as possible. Yeah. 
Yeah. So there's probably wisdom now that we can see it clearly. There's probably wisdom by putting the last three games of the season in the last week for the Canucks against Calgary, who, as we know from tonight, both Vancouver and Calgary eliminated mathematically from making the playoffs. So those games, while important from a standing, uh, you know, percentage draft position standpoint, not going to affect any playoff positioning. And therefore, you're right. The NHL can start. It's just going to be weird, man, that we're going to have three more games to go and they'll have, there'll be one game in the books already in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, that's going to be a busy video day because I don't know what I'm doing for the playoffs because I'm, I'm thinking yeah. I got to do something for the playoffs because the Canucks aren't in it. Uh, and it's like, well, do I still do a Canucks recap after? Like, <laughs> it's going to be like a bunch of videos. But either way, uh, it's going to be it's going to be weird seeing meaningless hockey mostly, uh, and yes. then going and looking and seeing, you know, uh, a game with fans in the stands potentially and playoff atmosphere and real meaningful hockey uh, on the same night. It's pretty bizarre. Yeah, Parker, tell the listeners why we know that the Canucks will not be in the playoffs. What else happened in the NHL tonight? Well, the Montreal Canadiens clinched the playoffs by losing to the to the Edmonton <laughs> Oilers tonight. Uh, they took it to overtime, and they, they were their old overtime selves. Basically, uh, you know, they lost like nine overtime games in a row to start the year. So uh, they clinched the last point they needed. It was at the point where the Canucks needed to win every game, and they needed the Canadians to lose every game in regulation. It was, it's been over for a week or two. Um, so we, we've kind of seen this coming. But won't it be the most Canuck thing ever, Parker, if Montreal loses their final game of the season against uh, Edmonton, we win our last six somehow, and we wind up one point behind Montreal. That would that would be, and the Canucks draft position would get just slaughtered from that too. So, I mean, remember yes. a couple of years ago, that, that California trip that the Canucks went on, they won like seven games in a row to end the season and hurt their draft pick. So it would be very Canucks. And, uh, you know, we're we're built for suffering. That's just the way it is. <laughs> We're strong people, man. We're strong people. Absolutely. So first topic of the night. Uh, do you want to talk a bit about this game that happened tonight? Canucks and Jets. We had Niels Hoaglander popping off for a couple of goals. We got Jack Rathbone getting the most ice time we've seen. Uh, but we also had Cole Lind out of the lineup, Jonah Gadjevich out of the lineup. Uh, where do you want to start with on this one? Yeah, you know, um, I'll let you take Hoaglander. I'll talk about Rathbone a little bit because uh, this is his fourth game now. And we've seen a tantalizing skill set. We've seen, he's almost like, it's funny. He's the same age of Quinn Hughes, but the way they're drafted and obviously the the way that they were developed, Quinn Hughes came in the lineup two years earlier, but almost the same, a similar type of player, not the same type of player, but a similar type of player. And what was cool tonight, Parker, is we saw Hughes and Rathbone playing together, not at even strength, but on the first power play unit, Rathbone takes the spot of Pearson. Of course, PD's out right now. So you had Hughes, Rathbone playing with Besser, Miller, and Horvat. And dare I say, although they didn't score in the one opportunity, looked pretty darn good in moving it, the puck around. It looked pretty dynamic. It looked like it had some potential. Uh, and you, yeah. you look at, I mean, I like to look at Edmonton's power play as sort of the gold standard, right? When you have guys like McDavid and mm -hmm. Dreisaitl who are just uh, so dominant. And what they do a lot is a lot of it is just based on McDavid's footwork, his speed, right? They'll sort of get McDavid to just sort of skate back to the blue line and then come in with speed. And they'll just keep reloading him to do that. And yep. the Canucks power play has always been very static, especially the last couple of years where it's just like, all right, everyone stand in your spot. Uh, and there's not a lot of movement. It's like, hey, just keep passing it till someone gets an open lane to shoot. Um, mm -hmm. But when you do have these sort of two power play quarterback potential guys in Hughes and Rathbone who can both skate really well, just great agility is the biggest part. 
uh, they can really start to move and open up lanes. And when it's five on four, yes. it's harder to cover those lanes, especially when those lanes are always changing, right? So yes. it definitely makes it a lot harder to keep track of. And just having someone, especially compared to a guy like Tanner Pearson, for example, who doesn't have great footwork, uh, it just adds another dimension, hopefully, to the power play. Exactly. You pump fake one guy and now quickly, if you can act quickly and use quick hands, now it's a five on three for five seconds. So mm -hmm. I love the way Rathbone was moving up and down that, that right side. Normally PD spot, as we know, but Rathbone as a left shot, as opposed to Besser right shot, gave them some options, almost had a, a power play goal goal in. I thought he looked great and very comfortable. And you can tell that Travis Green loves this guy. And it's hard not to, right? Like he's done, he's done everything yeah. the right way. So like he, he went, he did his, you know, his, his, his four years at Harvard or whatever he did. And and he, he worked his way up and he was, that's sort of how he was drafted, right? He was drafted as guys like, look, if he reaches his potential, he's going to be a really good player, but he's a fourth round pick and he's going back to high school and no one knows if he's going to do anything, but he went and he yep. worked hard for, you know, all those years and he, he committed himself to getting better. And, and it, it shows, it shows that he's, he's worked hard for his, and like is, is here to make the most of his time. Uh, and he's going to come out and he's going to compete and, uh, if you show that you can, that's going to push, you know, it might push a Yule Levy out of the lineup like we've seen the last couple of days. Yep. And you know, you know me, I've always said, I'm fine with if Edler wants too much or wants to retire, I'm, I'm fine with the left side of Hughes, Rathbone, and Yule Levy next year. I really am. I really am. Yeah, we saw... It's young. Yeah. It is young, but they're all in different pairs. So I, I'm not too concerned yeah. about it being young, right? Because you're putting them, you're pairing yeah. each of them with a, with sort of a veteran guy that's, that's sure. more stable, right? Like you look at the, the I mean, Myers isn't the most stable, uh, <laughs> but you but, know. But he's not young, so. <laughs> he's not young, right? Uh, he's yeah. got elite neck length, so that's good. Yeah, so um, Myers and Schmidt, and then you got to find a, a third, whether it's Hamannick or someone else. Yeah, and I'd be totally fine if it was a Hamannick, although I think Hamannick has earned the right to find something either more lucrative or longer term. And if I'm yeah. the Canucks, I don't know if I want to be that team. Uh, they made a really yeah. good bet on Travis Hamannick this year. Unfortunately, the rest of the team didn't pan out. Um, but if you can keep totally finding fair. those guys at a million, a million and a half uh, on yeah. those shorter deals where it's really no risk, right? Uh, but now yeah. if you're talking about giving Hamannick, you know, two, two and a half for three years... Let's starts to get a little trickier. But if you're Hamannick, that's what you're looking for, right? You want a little bit of term. You want a little bit of security. Uh, but if you're the yes. Canucks, you want to say, well, let's see if we can find another Hamannick from, from this yes. year. Well, speaking of another guy who's going to make less than a million dollars for the next two seasons, why don't you talk about Hoaglander's two goals? I think he has Josh Morrissey to thank, Morrissey to thank on both of them, but still, they went in. Yeah, that uh, that second goal, uh, I felt kind of bad for Josh Morrissey, and the first one, I don't, I don't blame a ton on on Morrissey. I think the yeah. first one was was Brassois really, really fumbled that rebound because because Hoaglander's got a pretty clear step, and he could go in on a breakaway if he wants, sort of skating down the left side into the faceoff circle, and he could sort of drive to the net and make a move. But I guess yeah. he saw something in the goaltender and thought, if I yeah. get a quick shot off, he's not going to be ready for it, and there might be a rebound. That's what he did. Yeah. Uh, the rebound went all the way to the other side of the net where Brassois just didn't have covered. Uh, and he just skated over there, smacked it in uh, to make it one nothing. And then <laughs> that second goal, I mean, it, he did everything right, right? You're on a two-on-one with Brock Besser. He kind of won a battle at center ice. It was kind of, the puck was kind of jumping yeah. around and he he made the most of it. And that's one of the things that, that you keep noticing about him is his, his stick work is so good, right? You see him in all the battles on the wall and at the corners and everything like that. And he always, he always seems to end up with the puck. 
And I think a big part of that's hand-eye and just sort of determination. And you saw that at center. He won the battle. They end up two-on-one with Brock Besser. He did the right thing. He passed it to Brock Besser. That's what you should do every time when you're with every Brock time. Besser. Uh, and then Morrissey made the right play. Don't let the puck get to Brock Besser. Uh, Don't let it get through. And it just it kind of it kind of went the wrong direction for him. But you know it's it was good to see Hoaglander get that. Unfortunately, he didn't get the chance uh, for the empty netter for the hat trick. Uh, kind of got caught on a couple of icings, couldn't get the change. Um, but all in all, he was he was the best player for the Canucks tonight, in my opinion. Yeah. Okay, Parker. On a scale of one to ten, one being whatever, ten being furious. How upset were you that he did not get a chance? To get his first career hat trick with the net empty. Truly. Like a four. You. Three. Yeah. I don't same, care that much. Same. Because because I know it because what he it's not like he's not gonna get another shot, right? Like <laughs> he he's going to get a hat trick at some point in his career, right? Like it's we're not talking about like ah, he blew his one shot. And you know, he, he, it's nice getting the empty getting a hat trick off an empty net. It is nicer to get all three on a goalie. Um yeah. And I'm wondering if maybe Travis Green's thought was, well, I'm already trying to get Edler his hundredth goal. I can't have <laughs> I can't have two of these guys out there uh, sort of hogging the puck. But no, I I I don't really care. Like it would have been a nice story and everything, but yeah. you know, he's gonna he's gonna get his first hat trick probably next year in front of eighteen thousand people. Uh mm-hmm. and it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. And everyone's gonna love it just as much then as they would have now. And we're just delaying it a little bit. You make such a good point, Parker. But I totally forgot about Edler because you have Edler and Myers, right, as your two best technically defensemen in that scenario. And Myers was the one who took the two hundred foot yeah. shot off the post, right? Yeah, like come on. Like I get you're trying to ice the game, and and I think Travis Green would say that was the right play. You know, play for the win. Yeah. I don't care about Edler's on the goal, but also like do a little circle back, double back, get it over to Edler, let him go for it, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, but. Again, um, I'm sure Adler would want his 100th goal to be on a goaltender as well, right. maybe in a more right. meaningful game. But if this is his last hurrah, then you're starting to think, well, the game didn't yeah. matter. Maybe, you know, you should have been looking for it. But, you know, that's Great point. Just, to be determined. Yeah, just incredible in the chat. He agrees. He says people are taking this hat trick situation too seriously. But I admit I give it a three or four in my furious meter as well. But I was the same guy who tweeted a picture off my TV saying, you know, when the coach doesn't put you out there for your first hat trick so yeah yeah <laughs> you gotta stir the pot a little bit just a um bit. Just a bit. yeah and then so gadjevich didn't play uh which i right. think is a lesser story and this mainly be- comes from the fact that he did skate for the first time after quarantine today right yeah and the Canucks play tomorrow so if they yeah. want to get him in a game they can get him in the game tomorrow or they can wait a couple more days uh we know that there's no shortage of canucks games over the next week uh so if they if they want to get him some ice time and i think they should um, and I was, I had a video scripted ready for if he was going to play today on why it's such a good idea to play him. And it goes back to what yeah. I said about Cole Lind. You want to know what you have in these guys. You want to know if he's going to be a, a staple in your lineup next year, or if you need to go yeah. fill that hole elsewhere. Uh, so I am glad that they're going to see what he's doing. Hopefully Will Lockwood, uh, might get a couple games at the end of the year, game or two. Um, the, I think the bigger story is Cole Lind coming out for Zach McEwen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we've—I uh, know you've vlogged about it as as well. Lynn's ice time has been dropping right from I think seventeen, sixteen. It's it's like a perfect pattern, linear seventeen, sixteen, fifteen. Yep. Then I think it jumped to twelve, eleven, ten. Yeah, and you know it'll be interesting because if Lynn Gajevich and Rathbone all get in a, a, the same game over the past, final two weeks, 
That's three of our 2017 draft picks. PD would play if he wasn't hurt, so that makes four. And then now we're waiting for DiPietro, and I think we talked about this last week. What a what a score that will be if all five of those guys hit. Yeah, and I I think um, this has kind of been a trend with Cole Lind. Uh, yeah. If you just look at like his hockey DB, for example, his first year in the WHL, 40 points in 70 games. His second hmm. year, though, 87 points in 70 games, right? Uh, then he goes to Utica. His first year, 17 points in 51 games. Then last year, he gets 44 points in 61 games. So hmm. I think Cole Lind, I think it's, you know, it's obviously not a big sample, right? Two different teams isn't a huge sample size. But we're looking at a guy who pretty consistently has shown that takes him a little bit to adjust to a new league. And jumping from the WHL playing against 15 to 20 year olds to the AHL playing against, you know, uh, professional hockey players, big jump mm-hmm. going from the AHL to the NHL, just as big of a jump. Right. So yeah, it, yeah. not every player is going to come out of the gates and be electric. Um, like, you know, Elias Pettersson was for example, or Brock Besser. Um, these sort of middling guys might take them a bit to adjust, but that doesn't mean you can write them off because they've played six games and haven't made a great impression. Yeah. Would you play Gadjevich tomorrow already? And if so, who do you take out after a 3-1 win? Uh, I say, why not? Uh, And I go, and if you look at the game sheet, you look at that sort of bottom, that bottom line for the Canucks, right? That McEwen, uh, was it Boyd and Michaelis? Um, Each of them played less than eight minutes tonight. Uh, It was like, I think Boyd played seven, McEwen played eight, Michaelis played like seven and a half. If you're only going to play those guys for seven, eight minutes, that Gadjevich isn't going to kill you if he's playing seven, eight minutes, right? Like you might as well slot him in there. Um, Like, why not get like, just give the guy a shot again. We now know officially the games don't matter. They might matter to the coach who doesn't have a contract, but to the, just to everything as a whole, you want to see what the guy can do. Uh, And whether that is taking out McEwen and Michaelis and putting in Lyndon Gadjevich and seeing if they can sort of ignite some Utica chemistry, maybe even if they're only yeah. playing, you know, 10 minutes a night, give them a couple offensive zone starts, see what happens. Um, I, I just don't, yeah. I don't think nothing can hurt at this point. If anything, that he blows the game and it helps the team in the long run. <laughs> <laughs> the Gadjevich one's interesting because he was picked lower than Lind and, you know, I've heard people talk about Lynn doesn't have the most acceleration, the most explosive first step. I'd say Gadjevich is even slower than Lynn. Yeah. Like now, Gadjevich plays a bit of a different game. He's bigger. He's more of a whatever you call it, power forward or a bigger body. Can get some greasy goals. So yeah, I, I do want to see what he can do. And you're right. Uh, given that three guys played less than eight minutes, and then VC Harluck and uh, Gravak, not a lot more than that. Yeah, there are plenty of options, and maybe that's what we're going to see, Parker, for the final six games, is guys like Lind, Gadjevich, Lockwood even getting in one or two more games and that just rotating through that bottom six. Yeah, and I think I think talking about Gadjevich a little more, he's sort of a guy where, yeah, he does he's not a great skater. We've heard that it's a little better than it used to be, uh, okay, but his good. sort of thing is he's just he just he's a battler, right? He he goes in the corners yeah. and he grinds because he I mean you think about him in the WHL and he was called the man child because he looked like he was thirty years old when he was like nineteen playing in the WHL. Um, but you look at you look at his stats this year, right? Fifteen goals mm. in nineteen games, uh, only like three assists, uh, and you watch <laughs> all of his goals. Every single one of them is him with both feet planted in front of the net. He just stands so all there. within yeah, five foot radius basically. But if you if you have a guy who like he's not going in and undressing guys, he's not making nice moves. Um, but I could see that sort of style, like put him on the second power play and just get him to stand in front of the net 
And anytime mm -hmm. there's a rebound or a loose puck, somehow he keeps putting them in the net in Utica, right? Maybe he'll do the same here. And if he can't yep. keep up, but he can score 20 goals just standing in front of the net, then, mm -hmm. I mean, the speed's not going to kill you. The fear, though, is that he turns into a Reed Boucher where he can't skate, but he has a he has a really good shot, but he just can't keep up, which is sort of the, well, the story there. Well, standing in front of the net and really not doing much else, you just explained me on my roller hockey team, man. Well, you know what? Everyone has a role. And uh, oh, thanks, as, long as, as long as you fill the role, then that's just fine. Thank you. Thank you. Thank no you problem. All right. Uh, do you want to move on to sure. the Abbotsford insert name here's? Yeah. So that's exciting. It is exciting. And I, I, this was my, what I was hoping for. And then people yeah. put on Twitter, they're like, ah, it doesn't, it looks really unlikely. They're not going to Abbotsford. They're going to go to California just like everyone else. Um, but just from a business perspective, it just seems to make so much sense, right? You've got all the people, like I said last week, in Chilliwack, Abbotsford, Maple Ridge, Mission, like this whole Fraser Valley, the Eastern Fraser Valley, even as far as Hope, they can't yeah. go to Canucks games. It takes an hour and a half each way. It is your whole afternoon plus, right? And you're you're still tired the next morning. Uh, yeah. And, you know, shelling out the money for, you know, the tickets, the parking, the dinner, the all this stuff, right? It really adds up. But if you can now say, hey, let's drive 20 minutes to the Abbotsford Center, uh, or maybe they'll maybe they'll partner up with some, you know, some like local restaurants and do like some shuttles or something. Right. And you can start just building these sort of packages to get, you know, fans in the seats, 7000 people, really good size for an AHL stadium. And if you can if you can fill that. Think of the atmosphere in there, right? If you have yes. 7,000 fans in sort of a, a sort of tight arena um, and it, it, it's, it opens up a lot of business opportunities in my opinion, right? You could do the, I saw someone with the suggestion of just do like some package deals, right? Like here you get two tickets to an Abbotsford game and two tickets to a Canucks game, right? And it's sort of like a package deal. And um, it, it, I think it, I don't think it can hurt business wise. I just think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, as long as those games aren't at the same... Oh, of course, they're not going to be at the same time. No. But you're right. When, when, you, when you look at the Abbotsford situation, there are three big advantages, and you, you kind of touched on two of them already. So one of them is obviously for the fans that can't get out to Rogers Arena. Number two is indeed, uh, from, a, from a player standpoint, from an organizational standpoint, as long as they're at home and they're not traveling somewhere in the States... It is so much easier to call guys up, to recall guys, to, to th those transactions will be, you'll shave a day or two off of travel, which is awesome. And number three, you're right. The business side, when you're doing uh, promos, when you are branding this team, we, we, you give them Canucks colors or whatever, there are so many synergies, not only location-wise, but business-wise. So it is indeed a win, win, win. Like, I, I think it's really exciting. And there's there seems to be a lot of buzz out there right now, for sure, and, and rightfully so. Yeah, and I think uh, especially you, the, your second point on the on calling someone up um, yeah. to get if if an AHL player is playing in Utica, let's say you have an injury at morning skate for a game, right? Yeah. Someone goes down at morning skate. Maybe it's someone in your second line. You want to fill them with sort of a higher skill player, not just one of your healthy scratches like your Mark Michaelis's or whatever. You want to call a higher skill guy up from the AHL who's who's doing well down there. Well, if they're playing in Utica. It's something like they have to drive an hour from Utica to Syracuse, hop on a small plane to Chicago, and then fly direct to Vancouver. It takes 12, 15 hours. Yeah. And it just oh, here's like the worst airport in the world, too. Like to go yeah. through. Yeah. So it, you get to the point where it, it, it just, 
is wasn't doable. Now, if yeah. if you or if Abbotsford's on the road in, you know, insert random California town here, it's a lot quicker of a flight back back home, right? Like you're talking you're talking four to six hours instead of twelve to yeah. twenty. Um, and I think I think that's just a big benefit all around, just being on the West Coast. Absolutely. So I saw some funny things in the chat, Parker. Um, uh, Gio Rebirth calls it the Abbotsford Aquilinis. But yeah, why don't you, while you're in the chat, while you're hanging out with us, which is we appreciate, why don't you put in the chat what you would name this farm team? And it, the second word doesn't have to start with an A, but we've heard aviators, aerospace, all these air, you know, aces. A words, but yeah, aces, there you go. But you know, put something in the chat. What would be your suggestion for the Abbotsford farm team? And we will read out some of your best, uh, some of your best suggestions for sure. I do really like aces. I think it's a pretty, I just think it's a clean name. And again, there's the whole, it's gotta be something with planes because Abbotsford's got an airport, which is their defining thing. The agri fair and the air show, right? Like that's, that's Abbotsford in a nutshell. Um, so I, I like aces and lots of the mock-ups I've seen are, are really good. Um, mm. I've seen millionaires a few times as well. Uh, Justin, yeah, H, just a bunch of people yeah. saying that in there. Yeah. Um, I, I like that mm. just sort of as a heritage thing. I don't know if they'll go that direction. Um, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of directions they can go. Uh, and I don't think, I don't think they're going to make a terrible decision. I don't think Abbotsford yeah. farmers would go, go too well. Uh, <laughs> but who knows? Well, three of them said, well, three of them said it too. Shy, Jog Paul and, and Nux fan. Wow. Mm-hmm. Abbotsford talk. Abbotsford play. There's, okay, not bad. Not bad. <laughs> we, it, we'll get these focus grouped. It'll be fine. Yes, um, there you go. Yeah, but other than that, I mean, I'm excited. Uh, excited to. I'll go to a couple games. I mean, it's probably an hour. Yeah. I am a lot closer to, <laughs> to Rogers Arena Actually, than I am to Abbotsford. I was. But. I was going to ask you um, because I, I know, and I've, we've only been best friends for like two months. So you're from that area-ish, right? You're from the Fraser Valley East. Yeah, yeah, I grew up yeah, in Abbotsford, yeah. at least in my oh, sort of elementary school years. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, What's that center like? I, I've only been there once. It was like for a Christian concert a few years ago. So. Getting it's getting better. Uh, okay. It used to be kind of you know like if you drive through, it, it used to kind of be Aldergrovey, like kind of just like or like Mission, like kind of like a sort of like there's like there was like one big road and and everything yeah. was kind of slow and everything but it is it is growing uh i think okay. that it's it is a nice facility though the abbotsford center it is a nice arena cool. I know they have a lot of country concerts there like mm-hmm. big names uh actually go to abbotsford instead of vancouver because there's just more fans in the fraser valley of, of country music yeah. than in the city and and they and you know easier to sell out you know nine thousand seats uh at a at the abbotsford center than it is twenty thousand at rogers arena so yeah. um I I'm excited. Cool. Uh, go to a few games, cover the team live on location. Canucks yeah, after dark live on location at the Abbotsford Center. <laughs> we'll see. Abbotsford after dark. Oh, yes. That doesn't sound good. <laughs> <laughs> Might be a little scary. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I think that'll That's be good. Uh, our All next, right. our I guess before we get to the next one, uh, I do want to hit the little review plug here. Uh, if sure, you have yeah, it, do that. Uh, I, if you guys haven't already, you can go over to Apple podcasts, hit the little, hit the little five stars, uh, and leave us a review. Tell us what you think of the show and we'll read them out during the show. We got the Kanaki 217, uh, who has, who's been following me for quite a while here. Uh, he put out 
Uh, he, t- he rated five stars. He said, uh, this is the best podcast. If you're a Canucks fan, lots of great insight and information from this podcast with a little bit of humor, 100% recommend. So go do the same thing and we'll read that out on, uh, on the next show. And, uh, it helps us out. It gets us pushed up, pushed up those rankings so we can get up there, uh, in New Zealand once again. That's awesome. And I'm just looking at chartable today. Yeah. We jumped up 121 spots today alone. So maybe with some momentum from this episode, we will jump up some more. That's pretty good. Yeah. I did notice. It's, it's not that good when you, yeah, <laughs> if we jump 121, you know that we'd have to be pretty low to start. <laughs> yeah. I did notice we got about, we got about eight plays today on our last episode after not getting any for a few days. So oh, weird. I guess, okay. I guess that shot it back up. Uh, we're back in almost the top 100 in Canada though. So go, go hit those numbers. Uh, where we should be very good absolutely all right our next one uh do we want to talk about the the whole grocery gate thing a little bit oh yeah okay i'll set this one up uh (laughs) jim benning john weisbrod they are in texas watching the not they're not called the world juniors but the under 18s we know the one that canada ended up winning however they do not stay for the semifinals and finals for whatever reason they make their way back and then what people presume to be the very next day Jim Benning is spotted in a Safeway, which is fine when you think a man needs groceries, right? Got to feed his family. But of course, with all the rules with COVID, there we are subject, normal normal people, people are, our travelers are subject to a seven to 10 day quarantine when you return to the country. So how is Jim Benning in um, a Safeway already the day after he got back? But then there's the other side of, well, why are you taking pictures, uh, you know, invading his privacy? let the man do his thing. And then it turns out that he was deemed, uh, not just him, but NHL general managers are deemed essential workers. Yeah, Parker, so much to unpack here. What's your first reaction? All right, first reaction. Taking a picture of a random man in a Safeway while he's not ready for it is weird. Don't do that. Weird. Secondly. Don't do that. Uh, <laughs> secondly, um, if I think it's a bad look, but if... He is following the rules that have been set out by the health ministry and he's doing everything by the book, then it's fine because that's not on him. That's on the province. Um, right. That's sort of, that's sort of my take. My, my take is if he followed the rules, who cares? And by all the, me- by everything we've seen, if he's been needing an essential worker now, we can argue that. Uh, <laughs> but if it, look, if he's been, if he's been deemed an essential worker uh, and he's allowed to go do that, then he can go do that. Um, other than that, mm-hmm. do I think that we should be calling NHL general managers essential workers because uh, they need to go scout some players in Texas? That's kind of iffy for me. Um, <laughs> but if the government says so, then uh, then he's doing what he's allowed to do. Don't take pictures of random people in grocery stores and post them on Twitter uh, to try to call them out. In the chat, Chai agrees with you. Uh, Parker, you've given him a new life motto. It's called don't do that. That's that's his new motto. Don't do that. There's a lot of things in life where it's just as simple as don't do that. Like yeah, don't, yeah. Uh, like the dislike button below this video. Don't do that. Hit the like button. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's a yeah. but one star yeah, review on Apple Podcast. Don't do that. Five yeah. star reviews. Watching watching every episode without subscribing. Don't do that. No, watching don't our competitors' show like Rob Fay. Don't do that. <laughs> winning all your unless, games unless clay's on it <laughs> then watch it yeah i'm just, just yeah. You're, you're good you're good going but on a six game I, win streak to end a season after being eliminated I, I, from the playoffs don't do that <laughs> i knew that's where you're going don't do that <laughs> oh, but in all is... seriousness you, you make a really really good point parker about 
Yeah, it's one thing to be, yeah, if he wasn't breaking the rules and he was deemed essential and whether, yeah, you can argue whether or not that's correct, but he, they're not going to go out and proactively say, hey, just in case you see Jim Benning shopping, he's, no. And it's to, to take a picture of him, and you could tell from the picture that Benning looks, uh, and I don't say mortified, but he looks surprised or whatever. Spooked. I think, yeah, it's a bit of an invasion of privacy for sure. Now I get He's more of a public figure than you and I will ever be. So maybe we don't have to worry about people taking our pitch. Well, you might have to, but that's still weird. It's still a little weird. And come on, like the man, yes, he, he's running a, a very high profile hockey team, a, a team that we're all passionate about, but let the man do his thing as well. Yeah. As a, I, I'm not a vehement Jim Benning supporter by any, by any means, but just come, just come on. Let, let, let's just let's just not do that don't do that uh, don't do that okay <laughs> that's enough of grocery game hashtag <laughs> yes hashtag don't do that okay um well one of our topics was gadovich debuting soon which we already talked about uh jack rathbone we already talked about we we hit on everything too quickly um masterton trophy nominees happened yeah uh, was that today was it yeah that was today right it um was. tyler mott the nominee for the vancouver canucks any complaints not at all. And we, oh, by the way, Parker, just because I want to gauge, now we got a bunch of people in the chat talking about their don't do that. So, yeah. Which is pretty funny. I like this one from Inferno. Clay showing a thumbs down instead of the thumbs up. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. But anyways, yes. Master Trophy, three criteria, perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication to hockey. Now you think everyone in the league is probably dedicated to hockey because that's where they are. But in all seriousness, the perseverance with Tyler Mott, the two things that really come out and he's, he's very passionate about uh, mental health and uh, equality, women's hockey as well, women in the sport. So be because of his commitment to those two things and the way he's been so open and forthcoming, especially on the mental health side. Yeah. I think it's a, it's, I think it's a great, he's a great nominee. Now I do think Parker that, um, and I've vlogged about this earlier today, Usually these awards go to the guy who came back from like a really serious injury or, you know, a crippling disease or maybe about to retire or commit a rehab, all like really important things. Those are usually the Masterton winners. Tyler Mott, what he's doing is awesome, but I'm not sure if he's going to be one of the three finalists. And that's not trying to be a hot take. I just... I just don't see him being a, a finalist, but it's still an honor mm -hmm. to be the Canucks nominee. Absolutely, and I, I think it's yeah. I think it's a runaway for Oscar Lindblom, and rightfully yeah. so. Um, yeah. To to go through everything he did and, and to come back and, and perform at a, at a good level, I mean, it's it's one of those ones where and and it's you know the NFL has their comeback player of the year, and that's usually you know everyone sort of knows going in who it's going to, but everyone you know there's always a nominee from from every team, and it's nice to you know celebrate the players who are dedicated and who can persevere through these things and, and, uh, and, and stay enthusiastic and dedicated to the game. So I like mm. that every team gets a nominee and, you know, like the NH the NFL, they do the man of the year award where every team nominates someone. And I, mm. I think all around, it's just, uh, it's, it's just good all around. Who was our master team last year? Was it Markstrom? Does it sound like Markstrom? Might've been because of the death of his father and yeah. I that think, sounds right, doesn't it? I think that's right. Uh, yeah. You want to look it up? Because I remember, I, I, you know, I, I truly remember um, forgetting who the Masterton was last year. Don't do that. No, <laughs> there's uh, I remember vlogging last year about the fact that it's almost bad to say you don't win for the Masterton because exactly what you said, right. how you could almost, each of these 31 players is probably de deserving for sure. I thought it was Markstrom. It was Markstrom. It was. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Oscar Lindbaum. Yeah, I think he's, uh, yeah. and it's... rightfully so. He, what a story. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, yeah. Okay, not too much else to talk about there. Uh, let's talk about sort of the big drama that that sort of came out today, and that was Jack Eichel's press conference, um, <laughs> his sort of exit interview. Uh, now, I don't remember the quotes exactly, but basically he has, I think, a herniated disc uh, in his like upper back, his neck. Was that right? Something like that? Sure. I, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't um, know. But basically he's got a herniated disc, and uh, apparently the team said, you don't need surgery or something like that. Um, they said, uh, so he was asked, why didn't he simply get the surgery or treatment he felt he needed? And Eichel responded, it doesn't work like that. I wish I'm under contract with this team and they hold a lot of cards on what I can and can't do. Now, wow. <laughs> so that's a rough look for the Buffalo Sabres. So basically what, what he's saying is, yeah, I wanted to get surgery done. Like we knew we weren't making it this season, but uh, our team doctor and the team as a whole uh, said I don't have to, or said that's not in my best interest. Even though his body, he sh he knows what's in his best interest. He thinks he needs surgery. Maybe he should get surgery so he can prolong his career. Um, now, Elliot Friedman had some good tweets about the CBA, and it was mm. and basically what it says is a player is entitled to get an external second opinion, which he has to pay for out of his own pocket, which is fine. They have the money to pay for a doctor consult. Uh, but <laughs> you're entitled to a second opinion um, with an external doctor. But all that can come out of that is that doctor can then make a recommendation to the team medical staff. Right. So they don't have to listen to that other doctor's opinion. They can say, that's nice. Thank you. Yeah, he's gonna. He's That's fine. why they're second opinion. They're not the first opinion. Right. <laughs> Our opinions what matters most. The people who might have a little bit of a rooting interest in him um, being able to yeah. play sooner. Uh, yep. It's a bit of a bit of a conflict of interest. And it, Jack, like Jack Eichel, is he's the one guy you want to keep happy. Like yep. he he he's the only one left on the Buffalo Sabers. Right. Like that's it. He he's your guy. I guess Darlene's there too. Um, but yeah. you lose you lose Eichel. I mean, it looks like they're gonna might have to trade him. Like I don't think I don't think he's gonna play for them again at this point. Yeah, and I don't blame him. Um, what is what is Buffalo gonna do <laughs> gonna do in this situation? Upsetting your franchise player. Don't do that. That's uh, don't that's do not that. Good. No. Do yeah. That. If your if your franchise player says he needs surgery. So that he can play hockey for the next fifteen years, maybe, maybe let him do that. Let him do that. I'm just laughing because I'm I'm eyeing some of these comments that don't do that. They're so funny, man. <laughs> like, yeah, they're so great. funny. Yeah, this this franchise is a mess. When you look on paper, I I remember when I split up my season tickets, uh, the games I go to with my buddy Mike. Oftentimes, Buffalo is not the first, but one of the first ones to go because Eichel, Hall, Darlene, like there there's some. Decent. Uh, when I got excited actually when Skinner went there, I thought they'd be really, really good. Oh, what a dog's breakfast! It's it's crazy. Yeah, they really looked like they were putting something together. And I was like, yeah, mm -hmm. Darlene, we got Eichel, we got yep. you know Middlestat coming up, and all these guys. That's right. And uh, and then they signed Jeff Skinner and Taylor Hall, and it's like, oh wow, yep. they're paying Jeff Skinner a lot of money. <laughs> but hey, if it works, it works. It didn't work. Um, yeah, no, that's. It's hard because you don't. You, it's hard to see the light there, right? Like it's like yeah. okay, you're you're paying Jeff Skinner. What is he making? Eight million for the next like six years. 
Like, okay, like, where's the out here? Like, where do where do things start to turn around? Because you're not getting out from under that one. Um, yeah. You're paying, you know, like I, it's not even all about contracts, but it's like, hey, you're going to trade Jack Eichel, who is, you know, one of, he's a, probably a top 10 player in the league, or at least will be, um, especially on a good team. And, yeah. you know, they're, they're just, they're going to have to give him away for, I mean, not peanuts, but... Why I mean, would you rather have four first round picks or Jack Eichel? Like, I mean, maybe one of those first round picks can turn into a Jack Eichel. <laughs> like, yes. like that's all you're hoping for at that point. And uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad, the... I'm glad you brought that up, Parker, because I, I saw you probably know where I'm going with this on Twitter. Of course, then of course, Canucks people, Canucks fans start asking Pedersen for Eichel. Oh, this Who is a good conversation. No. Yeah. And, um, I looked at Eichel's point totals, and they're not. There's, there's, no, they're not mind blasting, right? They're not. They don't. They're not crazy. But I recognize it's probably because he doesn't really play with really good players, and their team stinks. So do you put him on a good team, and does he blow up for ninety or hundred points as opposed to the the seventy or seventy five that he gets? I don't know. I, I, I heard it was interesting on the Sportsnet six fifty. They weren't talking about Pedersen for Eichel, but they were talking about if you had a package that wasn't Pedersen, what would it take? So they were talking like. Like Horvat, uh, Horvat, another player, prospect, and a pick. Right. Miller, another player, prospect, and a pick. Like, so basically four assets for one. For That's one. That's what they're talking about. The for, one yeah. elite, for one Jack elite Eichel. asset. Yeah. Now, look, yeah. yeah, you can look at point totals and say, well, they're not that great, right? So, like, his mm-hmm. rookie year, 56 points in 81 games. That's, I mean, that's pretty good for a rookie. But in the last few years, he's been right around a point per game, basically, right? You look right. at his last three years. Uh, this year, 18 points in 21. Last year, 78 and 68. And the year before, 82 and 77. So, let's look at let's look at last year. 78 sure. points, 36 yep. goals in only 68 games in the shortened season. Basically, on pace for he was on pace for 94 points. Of which it would have been like forty-five goals or so. That's yeah. that is high production. Now you look yep. at who he was playing with, and I've got it pulled up here. Uh, his most common line mates were guys like Sam Reinhart, Victor Olafson, Jimmy VC, uh, and Jeff Skinner. Uh, <laughs> okay. A little bit of time with Zegmus Gergensen's. Um, basically, just a who's who of elite talent, right? Uh, like. <laughs> you're you're putting he is he had to do it all himself really and he's putting up 94 point pace as like a 23 year old in the nhl um yeah and i saw lots of arguments you know if we talk about just like the the Pedersen or eichel thing right and there's all the arguments about well eichel makes 10 million a year yeah but Pedersen's gonna make what seven and a half eight next year yeah. and then once he gets on an actual long-term deal like you got eichel locked up for the next what is it six years that's big. Pedersen, yep. if you do get him on a long-term deal, by the time you're signing that eight-year deal for Elias Pedersen, he's going to be up by 12, probably, right? Like, if he if he, if he he were at Eichel's level and producing, if he was able to produce a 44-goal, 94-point season, then, mm-hmm. yeah, he's going to be making 12, 13 million a year. Um, or you can get a guy who's making $10 million a year uh, who can get 94 points, uh, uh, in a year playing with Sam Reinhardt, Victor Olofsson, or Jimmy VC, um, and you're and you have him locked in at ten million, I think that's a steal for yeah. for a player of that caliber. So would I do it one for one in a heartbeat? And I love Elias Patterson, but I would love Jack Eichel. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. That's fair. I I tend to 
I, I've gone back and forth on this, and I love PD as well. But PD, not even but, he can and might very well be a franchise superstar, but you already know that Eichel is. Yeah. Uh, and P- yeah, PD could very well get there, and he's we're missing him, obviously. We missed him for the past two months, and we, we, we see what kind of difference it makes. But um, yeah, uh, Eichel second overall, and he only went second because there was another guy that was in his draft class that was, a, that was pretty was a amazing. Better. Yeah. Yeah. McDavid's yeah. fine. Yeah. He's okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and for me, it's like we are, we don't see Jack Eichel play a lot, right? Last year, how many Buffalo mm. Sabres games did you watch? The, the two yeah. against Vancouver? The two that, yes, exactly. <laughs> like we don't see Jack Eichel play a lot. You know, you see the highlights, you, you hear the, the commentator yell Jack Eichel or whatever he says uh, very aggressively. Um, and don't do that. And it's one of those things where it's like, like we get we get so attached to our players, yep. and it's if you can get a guy, and sure, maybe it hurts chemistry a little bit, but also maybe the players see that as like, wow, these guys are willing to make a big move like that and pick up a Jack Eichel for us. Um, and you know, it goes back to the thing where it's like we we just we get attached, and we 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 get in these sort of like relationship with these players where we you know we 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 become fans of more than their play, right? especially now in the social media age, we see Elias Pettersson dribbling a basketball all funny because <laughs> of that one Clarissa tweet uh, from yeah. from earlier in the year, right? Like, there are things that they do to endear themselves to us, which builds their value, and it makes them more valuable to a team. Um, but if you can get a, a better player, it's, you know, it's a better player <laughs> at the end of the day. Yeah. And you know what's crazy? You you make a great point. When he signed his his uh, big contract, it was for eight years, eighty million. So ten years, ten million dollars a year for eight years. You're right. If PD signs a bridge, whatever, for seven, seven and a half, even eight, the most. Guess what? After that one, he's going to be making eleven or twelve million dollars. What does that average out especially to? Especially because ten million dollars a year. The cap's going to start going up again, uh, yeah. especially with the TV deal in the states. Yeah. Right? They're basically doubling their U.S. TV market income. That's 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 going to be another five six million a year, right? And then mm. now there's a whole other market in Seattle bringing in money, which might help a little bit. Uh, all these things just slowly add up. And if we're talking about a guy who you have locked in on ten million dollars a year, and in and in five years you're you know the salary cap's ninety million dollars. Well, then that's it hurts a little bit less. But either way, I don't. It's not going to happen. Uh, like yeah. I, I can almost guarantee it. Uh, they're not gonna they're not gonna make that move if they did if it was if they if they had the the cojones to make a move like that uh then i mean if it was one for one i i'd be so i'd be buying a jack eichel jersey today and you know what parker what's interesting early returns in the chat pd for my eichel these guys are saying don't do that yeah and you know what you guys are entitled to that opinion uh yeah totally. i just and I think, again, it comes back to the fact that we haven't seen Eichel on a good team. We've only seen him play with bad players, and we don't see him play, right? We, we've we literally seen him, you know, we see him twice a year at most. Uh, it's not like they've been playing in the playoffs for, for us to watch. Uh, so, yeah, yeah I, uh, I would like, I, it would be something that I'd like to see. Um, but, yeah, I don't, now if we're talking something like a Miller, a prospect, and a pick, then yeah, you're getting the best player in the trade by a mile, and I am more mm-hmm. on the side of making that trade. I don't care about a B-level prospect. Let's say, let's say, let's say, let's say it's Cole Lind. 
Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll take Jack Eichel in a heartbeat. Um, I think, yeah, I think we start to get to the point where usually the team that gets the best player in a trade wins the trade most of the time. Right. Right. Yeah, you're right. And then I heard these examples like the Ryan O'Reilly trades, whatever it may be, the team trading away the superstar rarely recoups perceived or actual value, equal value back. You're you're exactly right. right. Whoever gets the best player does usually win the trade. Yeah. Right. You could add up a ton of, if you go by just like value, right? Like you mm-hmm. could trade, you could trade 18 Tyler Mott's. Uh, yep. for for a Jack Eichel. And it's like, maybe the value ends up, you know, getting big enough, big enough, big enough to the... But you start thinking about replaceability, right? You can replace a Tyler Mott, a Tyler Mott in free agency, right? You can find a guy for $2 million that'll do something pretty similar. Uh, you're not going to find a Jack Eichel in free agency very often. Yeah. That's like adding up three or four other Canucks podcasts and trying to trade it for a Canucks After Dark. Whoever gets Canucks After Dark winning the trade. Yeah, absolutely. It's not even close, guys. Uh, anyways, uh, I think, I think that's enough Jack Eichel talk. I, it's all <laughs> speculation at this point. I, I doubt that he comes here. If he did, yeah. it would be neat. It would be a lot. Hold oh, Think of how good that video would do. Uh, <laughs> think about, think about how many about? people would watch Canucks after dark that night. No. <laughs> We'd have to have that's an emergency funny. show. No, it would be, it would be interesting for sure though. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think we've hit all the topics we had listed out. I'm sure we've missed some things. And if there's anything we've missed, this is your chance, people in the chat. Whatever you guys want to talk about, give us give us your opinions. Give us your give us your topics. What else has happened in the NHL that we've missed? Um, uh, we could talk a little bit about you know uh, some playoff matchups. Although I've got I've got a lot of videos to make here in the next few days if I'm going to be talking about playoff matchups. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, I think, um, whatever you guys want, uh, want to throw in, let's see what you've got. All right. Sammy says, what do you think about the world championships this year? Probably the ones coming up, the men's, not the, the juniors, I presume. I think one of the more interesting things to talk about is, um, you know, you got Luongo as the GM for Canada, which is interesting mm-hmm. because that's sort of the fast track to becoming an NHL GM, right? You see lots of NHL GMs where they they got a taste of the world championships. Now, probably one of the easiest, ge- <laughs> being the general manager for a Team Canada in any scenario, probably the <laughs> easiest GM job. I could do that. I could go to hockey DB, sort by Canadian players, click sort by points, pick all of the centers, and we're good to go, right? Like, it, yep. it, it's so easy. And really, I mean, his job is I'm going to call all these good players, say, hey, you want to come to where is it? Is it like Ukraine or something this year? Um, yeah. Uh, like, just say, like, hey, do Somewhere. you want to come out and, and pl- uh, come to Latvia and, and play, play some hockey? Now, you'll have a guy like Bo Horvat, who probably would make the team he's probably he'd probably say no (laughs) but Mm. uh because you know with the baby and all this stuff um but you know i i think that's one of the more interesting things is luongo trying to become an nhl gm uh maybe the gm of the canucks in the future luongo trevor linden tandem uh (laughs) but yeah i think uh i don't know other than that i'm not super interested in the world championships um i guess they're soon they start in like a week and a half apparently um yeah. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I I sometimes get excited about the more excited if a, a Canuck or two ends up playing in them. But this year, I, I just don't know about the quality of play, Parker, given that um, 
the teams that get eliminated, will they, after such a weird season, a stressful season, will they be so quick to jump over there? And if, and honestly, if the 22, if the next winter Olympics um, for hockey don't go through, which we're not sure if they will, most of the guys play world championships. At least one of the carrots, right? Is, Oh, I want to be, you know, I want to show that I'm I'm patriotic, that I'll, that I'll play for my team. And maybe if it becomes, you know, a a last minute decision, this is going to tip the scale in my favor. If the NHLers aren't going to the Olympics, then that carrot's gone. So I just, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I'm not as excited this season. And for me more, it's it just, I'm not sure how many guys are going to say yes after such a strange and stressful year. Yeah. I know I'd be on, especially like the higher skilled guys. Like, well, I can just go, yeah. I can just go next year or the Olympics are next year. Like that's, that's what I'm yep. shooting for. Um, exactly. Uh, who are you taking? This is from Toto. Who do you have yep. winning the cup this year? Who's your, or let's go to, let's go two different things here. Let's go. Who are you bandwagoning? Who do you hope will win the cup? And who do you yep. think will win the cup? Okay. That's fair. Um, who do I want to win? You, you know, everyone knows that my three favorite teams are Winnipeg, aside from the Canucks are Winnipeg, Colorado and Tampa. So of those three, because Tampa won last year, because I don't think Winnipeg, well, they lost to us. Uh, I think Colorado would be of those teams the one that I would like to see win. Um, who do I think will win, though? It could be someone out of that crazy central division of Tampa, Florida, and Carolina. That's a tough division. Yeah, I think I also really like Colorado as a mm-hmm. from a fan perspective, just because it's such a fun team to watch. I just love watching McKinnon. McCarr's super fun to watch. That team yeah. is built so well. Um, yes. And I think them winning would be a real testament to just Joe Sackick as a GM, uh, which I think mm-hmm. is also super interesting. Um, so they're the team that I think I've got a couple teams that I want to win and it's all the teams that like, don't so like Colorado is one of them, but like, I, I'd love to see Carolina do something. I'd love to see Minnesota do something. Um, yep. I think my bandwagon team from sort of the west side would be Colorado. My east would be Carolina because I really like Carolina as well. Um, yeah. As to who I think is going to win, I'm going to say something like a Pittsburgh just mm-hmm. because they are, they are so hot right now. They are on a crazy run. They've got the guys who've, they've you know, the sort of classic, they've been there before, uh, and they yeah. have. Like, I mean, put... Put me in an elimination game and give me Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. I am taking that and running. So I yep. think uh, I think Pittsburgh could do something. Um, I think that would be sort of my guess on if someone were to win the cup. I think they might be my favorite odds-on favorite to win. Right, and Parker, maybe a good idea, especially you know we'll have Canucks games to talk about, but the the season will be winding down and the playoffs will be starting. Maybe for next week's, we could do our... I, I know you're planning to do a series of videos anyways. I probably won't, but I'll do one prediction video. Maybe we could bring our predictions to next week's uh, show. I think that'll be a lot of fun, actually. Yep, I am planning on doing, uh, at least the night before the playoffs, is going to be my bracket challenge. You might as well just nice. do, the, do the NHL bracket challenge, because uh, that'll be fun. Uh, we'll see. Uh, we Yeah, we can each bring our brackets, uh, do yep. a little side bet, maybe see uh, do some competition keep it interesting throughout uh throughout the playoffs would definitely be good i'll be fascinated to see how they set up the typical bracket challenge because this is a very atypical year in that the four conference the four division winners will be reseated will be seated one through four so we can't even predict it's not like 
West is going to be playing against Central and East is playing against well, whatever. I messed it up. Well, I, North, guess, right? I guess if you yeah. get anything wrong early in your bracket, your seeding's not going to work very well, right? You're going to be... No, that's, that's true. Yeah, I think I'm sure that'll just be how it does. It'll just reseed in your bracket. Um, but yeah, yeah, it'll definitely be... Uh, it'll be good. It'll be fun to yeah. fun to watch. I'm excited. Uh, excited to watch some playoff hockey. It's always... Especially the, with fans in the stands. Uh, and we can... Yes. You know, we can argue about the morality of having fans in the stands, but at least in the States, you know, they're way ahead in vaccinations. Uh, it'll be, it'll be good to, it'll be good to see. I'm excited for some playoff hockey. Wish, I wish our team was involved, but you know, yeah, you can't always get what you want. I got one more. I, this question from Rome is pretty cool, Parker. If we could end it with this one. Sure. What kind of marketing strategy are the cuts going to use to sell fans for next season after this abysmal year? How would you go about it? So I think that's a that's an awesome question, actually. I think their best way of marketing it, because it's it's hard, right? They've they've sort of exhausted their marketing opportunity on the future, right? The this yeah. is the you know the sort of colorful past, bright future thing that they had going on, where it's like Pedersen, Besser, all these guys, uh, Hughes. Mm -hmm. Now they can do that a little bit. They can market the excitement of Pedersen coming back and and Besser being himself again. I think the easiest marketing play for them is going to be, hey, you haven't done anything in a year and a half. Hey, you want to spend a night out and go watch a hockey game? We got a sale for you, right? Like, I think that might just be their best bet. It's like, hey, I, I honestly think that's going to be kind of a saving grace for them in getting in getting fans in the stands is, is people, even if there are less people that care about the team, there's going to be more people who are thinking, I haven't gone to a Canucks game in two years. Or... I haven't yeah. gone out of the house in two years. I want to go and feel some excitement and be in a crowd and, and go to a game. Now, that might also work against them. There might also be some people who are not wanting to be in a crowd. But I, yeah. I think that would be sort of my, um, at least, I, I'm not a marketer. I, I don't know. That's yeah. that's sort of where I where I go first. is Because I'm thinking personally... I'm going to I'm going to Canucks game the minute I get like when I can. Uh, I'm going mm -hmm. to I'm going I'm going downtown. I'm going to a party. I'm going to a restaurant. Like I'm going to do all these things once I'm once I can. Um, yeah. Getting my shot on Thursday, by the way. Pretty fired up about that. No, I'm happy um, for you. That's awesome. And uh, yeah, I think I think that might be their best uh, their best move is just say, come come have fun. I think that's just how they need to market it. Yeah. I agree with you to uh, to a large extent, actually, because you could see a lot of the a lot of the campaigning be come see what you've been missing or or, or come relive the magic or whatever. Right? I'm mm -hmm. not a marketer either, but I do think I do think they're going to move away from say Hughes Horvat, sorry Pedersen Horvat Besser. I would. I think you always got to market a bit of the future and they're not going to market it like, Hey, guess what? Last year of Ericsson Beagle and Roussel, you know, they're not going to say that, but I do think they could really go after pot Colson and Hoglander and Rathbone, for instance, because this year they couldn't really hype Hoglander because there's, there's no fans in the, in the arena. So maybe they move slightly away from the best of Horvats of the world and move towards the real youth of Hoglander, pot Colson and Rathbone, three players that, they haven't before so maybe it's a combination of both it's about the experience of being in the arena with fellow fans absolutely but i do think there's always going to be an element of of touting the future for sure yeah and now that is going to be tougher i think guys like hoaglander hoaglander might be a bit easier to, easier to market because because mm -hmm. some of the casual fans who have been watching i think he's been noticeable out there um yeah. it might be harder to market 
like the Rathbones and uh, and guys of that ilk, even Pod Coles in a little bit. Because if you think of like mm-hmm. the casual fan, like the person who watches 20 games a year, maybe, um, and goes to a few Canucks games every year, maybe a game or two every year, that might be a little tougher because like who's True. who's that, right? Uh, yeah. Doesn't have sort of the, the name value that maybe like a Pedersen, a top five pick had uh and right. things like that um and sort of that swedish excitement that got built up uh, in the shl but again i think i think it'll work on sort of the hardcores right like i want to go see niels hoaglander play um mm-hmm. and i mm-hmm. i think another big part of marketing is you can market other teams too you don't just have to market yours right you can say yeah. hey Connor mcdavid scored 100 points in 50 games last year do you want to come watch that guy play um and things like that right and i i yeah. think that's going to be a good method as well Yep. No, there's, uh, there'll be no shortage of storylines. There'll be no shortage of fans wanting to get back in the arena, whether it's at limited capacity, full capacity, half capacity, or no capacity. We will see pretty soon, I guess. Yeah, uh, for sure. As we wrap up, I do want to say, I saw a couple of people asking uh, in the in the chat uh, what our off-season plans are. I saw a couple of people saying, like, are we going to mm. keep doing this throughout the off-season? We're only five episodes in. We can't take a break now. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, Don't, our, don't our, do that. Our plans for the off-season are business as usual. We're going to keep doing these Mondays. Now, we're also probably going to throw a couple specials in there, like maybe the draft lottery, the draft free agent frenzy, things like that. We might do an extra episode on those nights. Uh, just sort of uh, build up a little more excitement, right? Everyone will be excited about the draft, the draft lottery, all that stuff. Uh, so things like that might be the occasional extra episode. But yeah, Mondays, 10 p.m. We're gonna keep keep going uh, as long as Clay's here, as long as I'm here. We're gonna we're gonna keep that up. Yeah, and I think what's really cool, and Parker and I will take you a little peek behind the curtain. We've already talked about how if if it's something that we're both passionate about, and if something that we're both available for. You know, instead of running to our respective channels, Parker's Pucks and Canuck Clay, if if it's something like, you know, the 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 draft lottery or the actual day of the draft, and we're both available, and it makes sense to to combine our like our viewing audiences and and have someone to bounce things off of, I think that's what we're going to try to do. So we'll see, we'll see, we'll take it kind of without being cliche, game by game, we'll take it event by event and see what what's happening and what makes sense. But yes, we we want to do it at least as a baseline once a week for sure because we want to establish that monday at 10 p.m that we are the go-to show to go to um and then uh, on top of that anything else is is bonus but we want to make them worthwhile bonuses if that makes sense yeah and that's the beauty of youtube right if the, yeah. the nhl draft is on a friday night right so i'll be watching the draft i can i can make content during the draft right i can do a live stream during the draft clay might do some during the draft right we'll have videos second i can actually make a pick we'll you know have thoughts on that pick and things like that um and then at 10 p.m everything's done mm-hmm. right perfect yeah. time for canucks after dark and we can sit back breathe right get over yeah. the sort of you know gut reaction of uh maybe the canucks pick or the canucks trading their pick or whatever happens uh if you were using the draft as an example sort of sit back live day by day as infernal said just breathe and then you know we can sort of regroup that night and uh and have a good have a good show and i think i think that makes the most sense uh you know yeah as uh, <laughs> consistency is key is all i yes. have to say and those live streams and reaction videos that we might end up doing, actually, I bet you you'll end up doing way more than, than I do. I, I, but regardless, at the end of the night, it's kind of cool because you now you've had a few hours to process everything. You've had a few 
uh, some time to read what other people have been saying and really formulate a, a non, not that reactionary pieces aren't, aren't good. They're, they're awesome. They make for some of the best content sometimes, but at least with Canucks after dark 10 PM, if we don't change the time, we know that we'll have a few hours to decompress and, and make good uh, discussion and conversation about what's going on. So yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm excited about it. Absolutely. All right. We are running past our time, a little bit of extra bonus content for you guys there. Uh, if you enjoyed the show and you're watching live on YouTube, hit the like button, make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Lots of people think they're subscribed to the channel and they aren't like when Clay realized that he hadn't subscribed to my YouTube channel until about a week ago. Uh, so, so he's before one of we go anywhere else, just, subs. Just, just to clear the air, one of, uh, not even a spy, one person mentioned it. I, I watched a lot of your stream, but I, I didn't get to the very end where you talked about trying to get me to say the T word. And you mentioned that, yes, for, for everyone, I admit um, I thought I was subscribed to Parker's because I knew every video he did. I told him that I watched every video he did because I naturally they're coming up on my feed. So I naturally I thought I was subscribed. And then uh, I basically outed myself when I said, yeah, I really like your preview video. He goes, Clay, you only see that if you're not subscribed. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Sorry, Matt. That's okay. It's okay. So yeah, make sure you're subscribed. We want to get close to that 300 mark. Uh, that would be yeah. a nice little, nice little bonus for us. Uh, we are at 295 right now. So there's got to be five of you in here that haven't pressed that there's button. So be. go do that. And if you're listening on like Apple Podcasts, uh, like we say, uh, you can go listen to an old one too. They're all there as well. You can make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so you get them in your feed. Uh, and make sure you give us five stars, leave a nice review, uh, and we'll read it out loud on the show. You can also leave a mean review, but as long as it's five stars, we'll still read it on the show. Uh, so you can leave all the mean five-star reviews you want. That is just fine. Uh, not subscribing. Don't do that. Don't thank do you, that. Thank you, Time for Hockey. Uh, all right. That's all we've got. Clay, anything else you want to, you want to touch on here? No. Uh, what's going to be interesting is when we get together next week... The Canucks will be the only team, well, except for their opponents, they'll yeah. be the only team that have to play, basically. Um, yeah, they'll have a Tuesday night game and a Wednesday night game. And uh, I look forward to wrapping that up. Maybe, yes, we'll bring our bracket picks, or at least our our, our playoff predictions. And I think next week's going to be a lot of fun. And then we'll have a we'll be able to see down the horizon, to the horizon, as to what we might be doing for the rest of the offseason. Unfortunately, a long one for us and for the Canucks. Absolutely. A little bit shorter, because it's already May. At least, uh, at least that's a plus. Uh, but yeah, anyways, I think that's all we've got for this one. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. Again, we'll be back Monday, next Monday at 10 p.m. You can find all of our socials in the link tree down below. It has all of our stuff there. Or you can just search for the stuff down here. My Twitter's uh, on this side. Clay's is all over there. Uh, you can go do all that stuff. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, we both are pumping out content basically every day on our respective YouTube channels. So come hang out. Come say hi. Make sure you subscribe to both of us. And anyways... That's it. That's all. I hope you guys have a good night and uh, we'll see you next week.